This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl, and I'm Esther Ikoro, and we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. I love listening to the recap because we did that back in like 2018 and it was right when you started working for Burt Creative and I was like, you had, you had like no visibility on, on, on LinkedIn. You were 100% umbilical cord tied to Instagram. What is your resistance to LinkedIn specifically? Why, why do you have a challenge with LinkedIn? Because I think that your challenge is a universal one. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. What's going on with you and LinkedIn? What's the problem? LinkedIn, I'll just say it. LinkedIn is so boring. (laughs) LinkedIn is the place where you're even... Esther. ...is hanging out, posting peer-reviewed articles and headshots with very conservative backgrounds. (laughs) So wrong. It's just, I know LinkedIn is exciting. I've been on... Okay, Esther. Yeah, I mean, there's still <laughs> headshots with very conservative backgrounds on LinkedIn, but they're a little more high key now. There's a little more light. There's a little less of the, you know, abstract muslin background. Your journey from that moment to now is like it is vast and wide. And I'm thank you for not becoming a cynical person after like all I'm these not years. Cynical. <laughs> no, but I mean, like seriously, like you're like where your brain was then to where it is now. It's like you are a totally different woman. You are a totally different creative. You have a completely like rounded, deep understanding of so many platforms, but LinkedIn. And so like we're talking again about LinkedIn. We're having a recap, but you still kind of are like, you know, kicking and screaming into LinkedIn still. I'm, you know what? What's this up? week, I'm going hard on LinkedIn. You are not. I am going to go real? hard on LinkedIn. What are you yeah. going to do? I don't know yet. Gonna- <laughs> I'm going to link in. I'm going to link in. I'm LinkedIn right now. Okay. Oh my god. In it's all like- in all seriousness though, LinkedIn gets the most improved award for social media platforms. LinkedIn has evolved in a way that nobody thought that it could evolve. LinkedIn is more <laughs> of a social media platform than I ever thought possible. You know what? I love watching you speak like this because it's like you're on a soapbox. The groups, the sliders, the hashtags, the videos, the conversations, the arguments. LinkedIn is saucy and it's the place to be. Everyone's still in business casual, but it's saucy and it's the place to be. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of think like the thing that's really awesome about LinkedIn, which has changed a lot in the last since, you know, 2018. I mean, Microsoft owns it now and they have not yet put any barriers 
in place to stop people from getting organic reach. I mean, seriously, like they're trying to get as much data as they can because of this platform. And it's literally the wild, wild west. Like you can, you can do anything on LinkedIn and it's still, it still has a business feel. So it's not like you're on Facebook, right? Like people, people are resisting um, the, 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 their urge to like post their videos of themselves working out or food. I mean, literally that's, that's not happening. Thank goodness. So it's still definitely a business platform. Um, people are still sharing like high level industry insights. Um, they're still connecting with people in their field. They're Mm -hmm. still using it to look for a job. But I do think the biggest thing I have noticed, and maybe it's because I'm really good at talking about LinkedIn when I'm out in the field. Maybe it's all because of Ginger Birkenbuehl's, like, you know, mm. workshops. I'm kidding. But um, I do notice that more people are using it to present their thought leadership. I mean, like, way more yeah. than ever before. It's not just the Gary V's of the world or, you know, the Bill Gates of the world now. Like, people are starting to find their voices, at least the confident ones, the confident people in business are starting to realize, you know what? This is a great place for me to experiment and share ideas relevant to my industry where I have solid expertise. And it's wide open. That's the part that I like most about it is that it's still open for people to emerge as influencers. I mean, of course, LinkedIn is expensive when you're talking about purchasing targeted advertising, but for most people, they need to use LinkedIn as a way to emerge as a thought leader, um, not as a way to sell something or try to get a job, which is something I was really surprised when we were talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and we mentioned the importance of LinkedIn because this is a professional service person and they they were not bought into LinkedIn. She was like, I don't go on LinkedIn because I'm not looking for a job. And I was like, wow, who goes on LinkedIn and look for a job? I'm sure lots of people do. And it's certainly a great place to get an inside look on companies. But as a, a business owner, LinkedIn is the place to connect with other business owners and potential clients. And there are still a lot of people that don't understand that aspect of the platform. I wanted to share some tips because LinkedIn is still so new and some people are still very resistant. I wanted to share some tips about how to make the most out of your LinkedIn. And LinkedIn has some really great publications on how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. So according to LinkedIn, you get 30% more views just by finishing your profile. Just (laughs) put your picture Put your name, fill the profile out, fill out all the sections, the cover image, organization details, website, headquarters, office location, industry, organization type. If you don't put your location down, you will never get 100% complete on your profile. Yeah. You will like you will always hover at like whatever the 90 or 95 percent is. You won't get 100 percent completion. It's almost like they're penalizing you unless you complete all the steps. Missing data is really bad yep. for getting people to yep. see a social media platform is useful. Check the activity tab. If your page has at mentions, you can reshare your best mentions to highlight why people love your brand. So we've had several experiences with with guests on this podcast mentioning our company, mentioning us as individuals. Mm-hmm. So looking on that tab, that's a great way to start a back and forth conversation because you see yourself connecting not only with that individual, but also with the individuals who are connected to them commenting or liking the post. It's a great way to jump into a conversation and to show that there's some sort of activity. It's also something that you can do with people that you know if you're trying to get a little bit of traction on LinkedIn. It's a great way to partner with people by creating this type of collaborative content so people can see some sort of action and movement on your profile. Reshare and comment on relevant content. That is the easiest 
mm-hmm. thing to do on LinkedIn because there's no shortage of people sharing insights, news, congratulations about different things that are happening. So it's a great way to just, if you don't know what to put on LinkedIn, sharing content from influencers and industry insiders, it's a great way to show that you know what's up and that you, you're you connected to the sources of information. But and also, also keep your profile fresh because, exactly. you know, letting it sit there and nothing's changing, you know, that's the place where you start sinking in the search results. I also like the idea of cross-promoting your page. We talk about Linktree in our workshops. We've talked about it on this podcast. Um, Linktrees are really important because, you know, someone might find you on Instagram, but they really don't want to connect to you on Instagram. The emergence of hashtags on LinkedIn is also really interesting. Still kind of weak. Still kind of weak, but it's it's going. It's getting there. It's getting there, though. It's new, which means that I don't see them getting rid of that No, feature. there's some weird hashtags that show up on there Pulse I write. I'm like, where don't did this exactly come from? know how to use it. I don't know what's happening, yeah. When people don't exactly know how to use something, but you see that a platform is holding onto it, it means that there's room for you to do it in a, a uniform, standard way. Or there's and a it, way for you to break it. Exactly, break it. So people are <laughs> going to start carving out their niches. And figuring out, like, what can I do with this that's not what they're expecting. I just ran a LinkedIn workshop in Chicago, actually, Esther. It was really a lot of fun. Um, And I was able to tap Drew Kelly, um, one of Chicago's leading LinkedIn experts. And we were giving people ideas on how they could, um, you know, improve their LinkedIn profiles, how they could use it, what makes sense. And the people that showed up at the workshop, they were there. They already had a LinkedIn profile. Um, but they weren't really sure, like, why am I using this again? How is it working? How do I really use it to generate leads? Because you read a lot about how LinkedIn is great, you know, to find customers and to, you know, start conversations and things like that. But nobody really knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that Drew suggested, which I really loved, was he said, look at Jeff Weiner's profile. Now, Jeff is a former CEO of LinkedIn. He just recently um, became chairman of LinkedIn and he resigned a month or so ago. Um, but um, his profile is a perfect one to look at as a model for how you should format you know, your content on LinkedIn. Um, he has a real clear description about who he is. He has a clear description about what he's done, what he's looking to do, and he has really rich content. For example, LinkedIn now has features where you can upload video. Yeah, I love that. Which is terrific. It's I amazing. mean, it's so amazing um, to be able to actually include lots of rich contents at the very top. There are features now where you can upload a PDF or, yeah. an, you know, which can be an ebook for your company. So you can share your thought leadership ideas and upload the book and people can flip through pages. For those of you who've been wanting to put PDFs on social media and have been in practice, here's the place that you can finally oh my God, it's put so those great. publications I mean, you should look because some of the people are putting beautifully designed, colorful, infographic-style PDFs up, and they're really eye-catching because they make your profile stand out. It's really a great way to um, include informed, rich, expertise-driven content, and I really do love it. Um, Another thing, you know, we talked about was engaging, you know, liking and sharing and commenting on people's posts. You know, the first people that comment on posts get the best results. Yeah. You know, people will come back to your profile because they like what you had to say and they want to check out your profile, right? The other thing that we talked about was making sure that your image 
is up to date and current. So a few of the people that came to the workshop, they had multiple, multiple years of experience. And some of their images were from multiple years ago. Multiple, multiple years ago. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> so we talked a little bit about that. So things like that, you want to on a platform like LinkedIn, you want to look current. You want to look kind of tech, you know, technology savvy. You know, you don't want to, you know, look like you're posting a picture from a bank from the 80s. You know what I mean? I mean, whatever. I'm just saying like you want to you want to have something updated and current and keep it bright and keep it colorful and keep it positive looking, you know, and some people struggle a little bit with that because it, you know, gets into being, you know, nervous or scared to put your face out there, but if you don't have a good photo, you will get penalized on a platform like like LinkedIn. They want to know you know, they want to know what you look like. So don't have images where, you know, there's darkness in the background or, you know, things like that. Um, So that was a really fun workshop. The other thing that is really, really interesting, it's an extra step on LinkedIn. It does cost money, but there is a platform called um, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Now that requires a premium account. I have Sales Navigator. That is the most powerful. It is like, it is, you have to first tell you to pay for it and it's not cheap. It's it's kind of expensive, but it allows you to have targeted messages. You can research the people you're looking to get to, wow. to get leads. Yes. Wow. You can find out where they work, what they're interested in. You can take a look at their history of their posts. And you can you can start figuring out how do I get to the people that I would like to talk to my talk to about my you know my supplies and services and it's it's a it's a powerful tool and there's all kinds of classes on LinkedIn that'll tell you how to really use sales navigator effectively it also allows you to reach people that may or may not be in your network so people that you're interested in targeting you can then find out, you know, what industries they're in. You may not be connected on LinkedIn, but you can still reach them through Sales Navigator and send messages. I love it when companies have built-in analytical tools that can help you do something without finding and vetting a third-party system. <laughs> yes, that is something yes, that I'm like, yes, yes. hats off to them. But what an amazing way to get into the supply chain of a company and to find out who the, the key decision makers are. I'm- yeah, and you even, you can see, you can see the flow charts. You can see who's connected to who. It's almost like the back end of an internet when you can take a look at, you know, the CEO and see like who is the assistant to the CEO or how many people report to the CEO. I mean, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, you know, has similar features to it. But again, it's a premium experience on LinkedIn. And it should be because can you imagine? It should be. If it was open to the public and everybody could have it. Then then the people who are the decision makers would jump off because (laughs) they'd be getting bombarded and stalked by all of these people. I have another tip to share about content on LinkedIn. I love Um, tips. This one is is something that's super simple and that everyone can do even if they don't have the bread to pay for sales navigator like Jinja over here. So <laughs> LinkedIn suggests using the three to one model when it comes to posting content. So every week they say to aim to publish three pieces of content that's industry related, two pieces of content of what you're proud of, and one piece of product or service related content. Mm. If you're stuck not knowing what to post on LinkedIn, I think that's a, a beautiful formula to just get you started and get you out of the door. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the really cool things I like about LinkedIn, um, when I and I've and I've spent a lot of time on LinkedIn, and it is one of my number one platforms. I've spent energy and time, and really thought through how to create 
interesting content that's relevant to what I believe in. Um, but I love it when I post content and I can take a look at the back end and see who's actually viewed the content. Yeah, that's great. Not only am I understanding who's viewed it, but I understand how often it's been viewed by those people or those companies. And it's not like I'm looking to sort of just be like, oh, how cool is it that Disney looked at my content? What it means to me is the quality and the caliber of the people of that are looking that are looking at my content. And that makes me uh, realize and understand and it validates that I'm on the right track. Yeah, it's an, and it's a really good way to get away from the vanity metrics that people get caught up in because, you know, you could have 6 million people look at something. If they're not the right people, if they're not close to decision makers, then they're not really that valuable to you in comparison to, you know, the the 50 people that might look at something on LinkedIn, but all those people are, you know, strategically placed or they're people who are potest- potential customers. And another tip that I'll share on putting content on LinkedIn is that some of the staples that work for other platforms, for example, like giveaways, like customer spotlight, like talent featuring, um, all of those things are still tried and true and still work on LinkedIn. So don't be afraid to feature your, your employees or feature your new products or, you know, feature customer testimonials and and those type of staple things because those are really easy gets for small business owners who are used to doing things a certain way. Do you know what else is really cool? What? Well, so hashtags are kind of weird on LinkedIn to me right now, mostly because my brain has been trained around hashtagging on Twitter and Instagram, right? So the LinkedIn hashtag process is different, but I'm part of a group on LinkedIn called hashtag I'm remarkable. So I love the way, and this is an organization, this is like a sort of like a sort of a certification, a woman at Google a long time ago, um, she created a platform which is designed to help um, women um, value themselves at work and ask for more money and, and be confident and say, I am remarkable. I'm doing great things and just give them um, a voice to brag about how amazing they are in the work they've done, right? Because a lot of times women's voices are marginalized in corporate spaces. Um, so um, she started this and now it's kind of exited Google and it's become a worldwide phenomenon. And it's literally hashtag I am remarkable. But there's also a group I am remarkable. It's hashtag I am remarkable. So not only is she leveraging the hashtag experience on, on LinkedIn, but she's also got a group associated with it called I am remarkable. And everybody that is I am remarkable certified or wants to be can participate in the conversation on LinkedIn. What's cool about this is that I am a remarkable certified coach. So when I hashtag I am remarkable, I find other women across the world that are also wow, part of certified that group and- part of the group. And we have conversations on LinkedIn. I just connected with a woman who just wrote a book. She's certified I Remarkable. I bought her book and I was like, oh my God, let's get together. She's in Africa. She's in one of the countries in Africa. And we're talking about the stuff that she's doing there. I'm talking about what I'm doing here. I'm like, oh my God, like we should find a way to collaborate and do something. And so I kind of feel like what's cool about LinkedIn as opposed to like a group on Facebook, right? It's not, it's business related. It's not social, you know, like asking questions about how to solve problems in a social context. It's more of a, we're in a business environment and we're sharing strategies from a business space. It is so cool to find like-minded people in business because the thing about Facebook groups and I love Facebook groups too. I mean, you could like, you can monetize a Facebook group Definitely. and like, like and we've seen people do it. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. I mean, the she podcast started from a Facebook it's group. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. And then the Sage Wedding Pro started a Another monetized one, platform yeah. too. So it's pretty powerful. But, but the LinkedIn space, you just feel like you're with like-minded individuals that have a singular purpose related to business. And that's 
the space that we're in. I mean, we're running a company. You know, I spent a lot of time workshopping um, for entrepreneurs. So I, I feel safe with LinkedIn on the business side. And that's kind of what I love about the platform. I feel a sense of um, emotional and psychological safety when I'm there because I know that I'm there for business. Now, if I come across stuff that is interrupting that Zen moment for me, they will immediately be blocked or unfollowed. (laughs) Or I will block their connection. No, I'm serious. I mean, I literally, I'm not going to waste any time on that platform where I'm distracted with things that are not relevant to business. I love LinkedIn and I think that I'm I'm definitely going to continue to add more content to it and engage with it more. I don't know why you're <laughs> laughing. I'm really offended by your reaction. Because there's so many. But wait, there's actually so there's actually two really new cool things that are going on with LinkedIn right now. Okay. So one of them is this is a new feature and I don't know if everyone has it. So company pages are pages that are attached to your profile that um help you profile your company on a platform. So you have a company page, you upload the logo, you put your company name on it, and you can actually push out content that is relevant to your business. It's not a personal story, but it's more like an official statement coming from your business. So um, we have one, and it's the Burke Creative Company page. But what's great now um, is that you're having an opportunity now to um, respond to trending conversations as the company. Yeah, that's, that's a new really thing cool. that never happened before. You had to respond to content as an from individual. your personal yeah. thing. But now I'll get notices that say, oh, you're seen as an expert in your field, Burke Creative. Burke Creative, would you like to have this conversation trending about this topic? And so when I reply through my company page, it shows up as Burke Creative, which is another opportunity for my company How to cool. get visibility. It's pretty awesome. The second thing that LinkedIn has, which is absolutely astonishing, is they have a feature now where you can actually do LinkedIn Live. Now that... That's a game changer. That is a game changer. Everybody doesn't have it. You have to go through a process and apply to be part of the LinkedIn Live community. Everyone can't be a LinkedIn Liver. So um, there's actually a show that comes on every Sunday. And it's by... um, I can't pronounce his last name, but his first name is Shri. And he used to be for the Met. And he's the guy that long time ago was let go from the Met. And he did a whole social media viral story around it and became like a huge sensation because he explained his fall from grace because he had this amazing job and he suddenly didn't have one. Well, now he's like a magnificent leader in the world. And he has a show every Sunday. And I got a notice and I started watching. I'm like... And originally it was on Facebook Live, but he's moved slightly to... LinkedIn Live. Yeah. And it's actually a collaboration with the New York Times. So I'm like, oh I can my see that happening more. God, more. I'm like, this is so amazing. I love LinkedIn Live. And the reason I love it better than Facebook is because I'm interested in business conversations. And again, I go back to the place of feeling safe in a conversation. I know when I'm on LinkedIn, you know the what people, quality of you know the getting, quality of content, you know. you know the people that are watching, you know like what people are interested in on LinkedIn and the conversations are generally and typically relevant and related to business. They're not like the water cooler Twitter thing that we talk yeah. about, right? They're not, they're, they're a little bit of a higher level conversation. And I love that experience. Yeah, it's a really good experience, especially with all of the leadership stuff that's going on, the keynotes, the retreats and everything like that. I can see 
into the future and kind of guess what LinkedIn's play might be as far as the conversation around professional topics and professional development, especially with the emergence of these live shows and there being shows that come on regularly. I mean, we saw that with Facebook, but putting a professional twist on that, it it really um, kind of opens the floodgates for there to be a whole ecosystem of shows and content that is based inside of the LinkedIn platform. And the best way to get on top of something like that is to be early to it and to start playing around with it, building your tribe and figuring out your formula as a thought leader, because who knows, you might be the next person starting a LinkedIn group that can evolve into a conference know, or evolve like in into something else. I know, like a partnership with New York Times, for exactly. so, I mean, so a really good hashtag to follow right now is hashtag podcasting. Great. It is so cool. Is it? Yes, because... People that are coming into podcasting, some are experienced and some are not. But generally, people that are in podcasting have a more confident voice because yes. they're a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a really great platform for that. So what happens now is if you follow the hashtag podcasting, you'll be jumping into an entire, like, it's almost like a, a it's not a secret society, but it's an entirely different community of people that are in podcasting. And the conversations are wild. There yeah. is so much going on. And I haven't really seen, like, I feel like the podcast space is much denser on Facebook and crowded and hard to kind of get your voice heard. On LinkedIn, it's different because everyone's interested in podcasting and the business community is wondering how to do it. And individuals that are considering themselves as thought leaders, which of course they use LinkedIn as a platform, are now jumping on a LinkedIn and they're jumping in with their podcast. So I kind of feel like that's a really interesting, if there was one thing I'd want anybody to do that's listening right now is to like hashtag podcasting and follow it on LinkedIn and see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to go explore that. I I imagine that the tone of those conversations are are quite different from the tone of conversations that other people are having. Oh, totally. And there's there's a ton of women in them too. There's a ton of women podcasters. I mean, I'm bringing as many women as I can to LinkedIn and like help them figure out how to monetize their voice because women need to start monetizing. I know it's a different conversation, but yeah. I actually forgot about one thing, Esther. What What did you forget about? So LinkedIn now allows you to leave voicemail messages. Are you serious? Yes. This new feature where if someone sends you a message, you can send back a recorded voicemail instead of typing is to me a massive game changer. Because a lot of times when you're having a sales conversation, potentially, You'd like to talk to the person. Yeah, tone matters. You know, I mean, it's like it's like you can do cold calling on LinkedIn now. Legit, it's cool. a cold call. That's pretty cool. I mean, and just think about this. If you combine Sales Navigator, which is premium, wow. with a cold call, girl, I mean, come on, let's go. Let's get to let's it before go. the robots get to it. Because once go. they get oh, to no, it, it's no over. Robots. You know, the robot's going to be like, hello, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't even tell if it's a robot anymore. Esther, it's been a long time since we've done our, you know, tips for Black women entrepreneurs. Yeah, and we have a really, really good tip today because we've seen it play out um, several times on the internet. The internet is great because the internet— It's undefeated. Well, it's undefeated. It keeps historical (laughs) records Mm -hmm. as well. And we talk about documenting versus creating. And documenting your process is a great way to protect some of your intellectual property— yeah. Um, yeah. We saw a young woman on TikTok who came up with a dance called the Renegade Dance. Yep. And she was documented as being the first one who created that dance. 
And for a long time, you know, things get out of hand on the internet. They snowball, people reshare it, they redo it. Things happen at light speed. And everybody was thinking that this dance was invented by other people. But when push came to shove, Homegirl had her receipts. And I don't even know if she's the main one who said it, but enough people saw her receipts, her documentation, her process, and were able to say, no, 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 this is the earliest iteration of that, and it's from this person. And she's been able to get the retroactive credit that is well-deserved for getting this. She performed at the All-Star Game, and she's it's opening new doors for her as a creative, and it's great to see a Black girl getting her just due as far as intellectual property and getting recognized by organizations as large as National Basketball Association. We can learn a lot from that. And I think, too, that what's important— is um, the first part, which is not to be afraid exactly to share and document your process in a public forum, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of us are worried that people are going to steal our ideas. And people will steal your ideas. However, to your point, um, get over the hump and realize that you may be an innovator like this young girl was, or you may not be. But either way, you know, recording and talking to people and sharing your authentic message means a lot. It means something and it will in some ways protect you. For example, if you think about what the trademarking process looks like, when you go through trademarking, one of the questions they ask you on the application is where did the idea first appear in public? I love that. And the second piece is when it did appear, where was the first sale that occurred? Those are the types of things that the trademark office decides whether to grant you a trademark. So if you don't put it out there in a way that looks like some kind of commerce or that maybe eventually turns into commerce, you have no way to protect yourself. This at least gives us a fighting chance. We have a fighting I chance. I love that. You there's a, a there's a, a quote-unquote paper trail mm-hmm. on the internet and we can, because of the scale of the communities on the internet and people that are having this overarching sentiment to see people get their just due. There's like an army of vigilantes that will dig through old tweets and old TikToks and old LinkedIn videos to be like, this is where that idea first appeared. So and you know what? at least you have flip- a leg to stand on. And the flip side of this, the flip side is when you put stuff out there, you might find out that your idea isn't original And that way you can say, oh, my gosh, I better not invest too much more time in this because I might infringe on someone else's copyright and trademark. And so you're protected against investing a year of your life into something that you find out, oh, my gosh. It's not original. It's not original. Someone else actually has the idea. That's a great point. So anyway, that's a. I mean, that's what we got to do, Black women entrepreneurs. Let's do it. And that is our tip for Black women in entrepreneurship. I hope that you find it helpful. And please, please, please document your process. I'm Esther Coro. And I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And we'll see you next time. The Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Coro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carroll. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Ikora. 